0: I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to a spoiler special with a difference. This is all your fault, by the way, blame yourselves, you asked for this. Because in this episode, because it's Christmas and it is a time of miracles, Team Empire will be delving deep into the slice of utter ho ho hokum that is (laughs) Richard Curtis's Love Actually. And joining me to discuss his 2003 masterwork are two mega fans of the film. Terry White.
1: Hi, Chris Hewitt. I think that I look quite pretty.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Out of context. Oh, out of context <laughs> of actually it's impressions. Just... Oh my God. Is that not why I'm oh, here? Oh
0: my God. Uh, <laughs> Terry says she has seen this film. How many times?
1: Well, I was trying to add it up. I think over. 200. Um, I've seen it nine times since October, uh, three times (laughs) in the last 10 days, and I can't stop. And it's what some people would call a problem and what I call commitment.
2: You you know that's deranged, right? And I speak as a Love Actually fan, like that's properly
1: deranged. I know, but <laughs> wow. there's so much in it and nothing I have to say, no <laughs> no um film makes me feel more Christmassy. And this year, I think because it's it's such a dark, weird year and Christmas is no different, I keep thinking the more I watch Love Actually, the more the spirit of Christmas will come alive inside me. That hasn't happened yet. So I'm hoping once I get into double figures, it will manifest.
2: Are you constantly going around going? And if you really love Christmas, love <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> it is. I mean, you joke there, Chris, but it is. It, it is. I think destiny that uh, the two greatest Christmas movies ever made both feature Alan Rickman. I think well, that's one of them does. <laughs> that's absolutely sure. I don't know whether
0: he's. Does, why does he? Does he cameo in Muppet Christmas Carol? Is he? Is he in the background no, no, somewhere?
3: It's A Wonderful Life. He's there in It's A Wonderful Life.
0: Anyway, we're also joined by mega 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 fan, but not as mega 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 as Terry It's And I can't believe I'm saying this because it's James Dyer. And how does James
2: Dyer love this movie of all movies? Thank you, Chris or Helen. Um, <laughs> oh, I, uh, <laughs> no, I love I love love actually, and my love for love actually is pure and true, and I love it <laughs> completely unironically, and it is glorious. and it is, again, my go-to Christmas movie always. To quote the great Chandler Bing, again, we must go
0: back to how, also, so we have two mega mega fans and then in the Grinchier corner, shall we say, we have Mm. the host of Bah Humbug saying Bah Humbug to this movie. It is Helen O'Hara.
3: Hello. I'm not like a total Grinch about it, but I have issues with bits of it. Let's say there are some bits of this movie that are perfect to me they are perfect <laughs> to me, but other bits to me are creepy as fuck so you know yes, it's, a, it's a rich <laughs> tapestry stalker
0: actually problematic yeah. actually is what this film is yeah. and then last but not least there's me a man who thinks that this film is absolutely diabolical and should be hurled into space at your first <laughs>
3: first convenience no but
1: tell us how you feel chris <laughs> but do these Mutually exclusive, can't it be? You know, one of the greatest films ever made, and also a, uh, you know,
0: one of the worst films ever made. <laughs> it's Schrodinger's film, isn't it? It's it's the worst film ever yes. made and the best film ever made at exactly the same time. Yeah. And maybe one day we'll get a definitive answer as to which. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I've seen this film a number of times, and yet I I can't I can't connect with it. I I think there are fun moments, there are fun stories but I just keep coming back to all the creepy bits <laughs> I was talking about. <laughs> you know, like the the whole the whole Andrew Lincoln Chiwetel Agio for Keira Knightley thread of the, of the film. Oh my fucking Christ. No, what is going on with that? No,
2: I'm stating the intervention here. His character cannot cannot be all bad and let me tell you why and that's because when Kira Knightley goes around and asks for the wedding video, he says, I don't know, it's probably on anything all my tapes are full of West Wing episodes oh, and no I one knew you who were has VHS tapes full of the West Wing can be a crazy creepy stalker. I knew you no were going to No crazy say that. man who loves a West Wing and fancies Keira Knightley can be bad, says James <laughs> <laughs> identifying hard with Andrew character.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't that isn't the, even the bit that actually disturbs me most. I sort of like, you know Unrequited love is a thing. It may hit you for people who are completely inappropriate, but in his defence, it's also completely inappropriate for her to be with his friend because they're both way too old for her. Because she was 17, seventeen when she made
2: it. I mean, that's so wrong. Yeah.
1: So, you know. But let's not also forget that she does chase Mark into. The cobbled streets of that's not really London, and mm. gave him a kiss. At which point he went, Enough now. When any yeah. other man would have gone, Brilliant. She wants a raging, horny affair now, doesn't she?
0: I
2: would Mm -hmm. argue she's more inappropriate than he is because that's well beyond the power (laughs) she's recently married she shouldn't be snogging her husband's best friend that he has a clearly slightly stalkery crush on her it's kind of besides the point it's not a snog
1: it's not a snog it's a kiss and to be fair Mm. the the creepiest bit of it yes he's developed feelings for his best friend's uh, missus is the video stuff um, clearly just sat there for hours filming her but also he's completely superficial so those cards he holds up you know the awful 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 dylan riff and then there you know he goes oh i'll even love you until you look like this and then shows her a picture of a skeleton
2: it's (laughs) like i'm going to kill you because you do not love me like there's a real kind of like you know murder void
0: going on there there is a month in his mind separating you i will love you until you look like this
2: (laughs) which will be by the new year scraped the flesh off your bones kira knightley it is funny like if you ever listen to, to <laughs> if you ever listen to Curtis talk about this, like he he cops to a lot of shit for Love Actually, and I think he owns a lot of it. But this one scene, he feels really hard done by for it with. And his whole story, he says he said he worked in an office with three women, <laughs> and he said he wrote a number of things. I think he had four ideas for things Andrew Lincoln could do as a sort of great show of, of, of romantic mm. affection. And apparently, he he canvassed these three women. So which do you think is the most romantic? And they all went for this one. And he's like, and now he gets completely pilloried for it. He's like, what the fuck? I asked. What's happening? Oh, you asked three. Um,
1: women, yeah, and therefore all of womankind should be pleased by this weird creepy scene. No.
2: I think that's his logic. But it's what's what's awful, especially, is that clearly this was his sort of ode to Bob Dylan, this whole don't look back mm. thing, but it's since been utterly co-opted and bastardized by Boris fucking Johnson Ugh. for last year's, you know, Tory campaign ad which was um, just the most not upsetting not the thing ever. With yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this,
0: this. was terrible before Boris Johnson did something that I, I'm i
2: unaware of. I didn't know he You've had it? No. Oh my God! I love actually Tory. Um, uh, it's sort of like please vote. Let's get Brexit done. Video. Yeah. Uh, and it's him holding the cards, and it's a hundred. And even at the end, he goes, "Enough now. Let's get this done."
0: Oh, oh, oh! No, oh. No, no. I mean, yeah. no. Let's keep politics out of the Empire Podcast, <laughs> shall we? But again, I echo. My earlier statement, I uh, should be catapulted into space at the first convenience. <laughs> However, uh, let's talk about that's before we get on to the, the stuff that you love about this, because I think mm. maybe let's go through the stories. We'll go through the stories one by one. Sure. But I just want to dwell a little bit more on this scene, okay? Because this is, this scene just makes me, it just makes my, my balls retract into my body and my, you know, just, it just, the whole thing is just horrendous. So, just Andrew Lincoln rings the doorbell. Keira Knightley comes to the doorbell. What was his game plan had
2: Chiwetel four uh, answered the door?
3: Yes. <laughs> what, what was his
0: game
2: plan? He would have used exactly the same cards. Said, say it's carol singers and he'd have just declared it's a <laughs> for him instead. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's Christmas. I love you. And then he'd have left.
0: <laughs> yes. Here's a picture of a skeleton. i have got to kill you, mate. I was like, what are you doing? So there's a 50-50 chance that it's going yeah. to, be, it's going mm, to yeah. be
3: him. But maybe Peter's famous for not answering the door. We don't know.
0: Mm. <laughs> He's famous. You think we he would establish know. that with a little bit of dialogue. <laughs> Early, you know, at the wedding when they're going, oh, do you remember when you had those those prostitutes turn up at my <laughs> oh stag? Yes. Oh, that uh, bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, oh dear. Also, yeah. also, you're bad at entering the door.
1: Does mm-hmm. the transphobic line, let's not forget that, where yeah. he says, oh, and do dig. So it says, my posh. James Dyer impression <laughs> uh, and and you do admit that it would have been better if she had turned out to be mad blah 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 blosh like yeah. that that's, yeah. that's wasn't okay 2003
2: 2003 2000 it was a
0: different time then. It, it was a different, different time we were more it's innocent just, more innocent time you, you can you no, say we, things what, we
3: were more it's, innocent so we were hiring it's, prostitutes it's in the first place so it's got, just, political uh, correctness it's political correctness
2: gone mad Helen it's political it? okay. correctness come gone on. what is it about coming to when you can't talk about prostitutes at a wedding oh my god yeah, and there's also the
0: line where uh, because I, I rewatched this film very recently, and it's the line where Emma Thompson, you know, puts a button on a scene with Alan Rickman. She goes, "Okay, which of our dolls should we give to our yes. children? The one that looks like a transvestite, or the one that looks like a dominatrix?" <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> funny, funny button. Yeah, this movie has problems, and yes, I'm aware of the the makeup of the people discussing this movie right now, but it has it has diversity issues, doesn't it? it? Does. Uh, you know, it love does. actually, and this is another one of my problems with the. The Lincoln, Chuitel, Kieran Knightley trifecta, if you will, the love triangle that's two sided. It's a two sided love triangle. And is that Chuitel Egeofar is pretty much the only black person in this movie who has more than three lines. And he is completely and utterly cuckolded in this strand of the story. And that's always sat ill with He's me.
2: not though, is he? I mean, if you if you he take is. Terry's point that it's not a snog, it's it just isn't. a peck on the lips, mm. he's, he's not he's not cuckolding.
3: Yeah, it's definitely not complete and utter cuckolding, let's
2: be yeah, fair. No, yeah. there's no, he she
1: sees it as a way to draw a line under it. Yeah. And kind of, and, and the inference of that kiss is, if things maybe were different, then there could have been something between us, but I'm married to your best friend, therefore it can't be. I mean, I read a lot into this, clearly. But, <laughs> but you know, that was the subtext for me, and I didn't see that kiss is actually particularly anything scandalous or romantic it crosses an appropriateness line for sure but i don't think you could say he's actually cuckolded. i think he's got terrible taste in best friends clearly
0: yes okay (laughs) all right maybe wrong choice of word but anyway at least blindsided he is blindsided
2: by his best friend If you go to to Sainsbury's, you can actually buy Love Actually pyjamas with Andrew Lincoln holding the signs on the Mm. front of the pyjamas. I I think you should buy them. I think you should wear them, and I think you should do the podcast in them. No. Never. (laughs) Never. I do
0: the podcast clothed or fully nude. There will be no... There will (laughs) be no... I go either (laughs) Martin Freeman. (laughs) Yeah, I go Martin Freeman or (laughs) I go Billy Mack.
1: All I want to say is there's another... I have another Mark against Mark, which... (laughs) is because he is friends with Mia, right? Obviously, mm. um, the mm-hmm. temptress. And we know that because when she's talking about the Christmas party um, with Alan Rickman, she says, oh, my friend yeah. runs an art gallery, and then it cuts to Mark. And I'm like, how are you two friends? And um, I can't help but judge him a little bit. That, And he's clearly pretentious because he, he tells off the schoolgirls and goes, actually,
3: actually, it's art,
1: <laughs> art, yeah, yeah. in the way that only middle-class <laughs> people
3: do. I actually quite thought that was quite funny because his heart was clearly not in telling mm. them off for it. Like he was like, "Is like I have to do this," but actually it's art. Okay, so I know I'm embarrassed to be saying it. Um, so I think he also knows gallery. Laura Linney's character though. So he knows yes. the he knows the home wrecking bitch, but he also knows the <laughs> you know ridiculous you know cursed woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who does?
2: Who does have one of the best scenes in the film when she does the happy dance? I love the happy yes. dance scene.
3: Happy dance is great. Of course she the happy dance. Rodrigo Santoro is right I mean, there. Just we'd when all do come the happy upstairs. dance. <laughs> okay, 10 here's my question. What the fuck does she do after that? Woman, please, get well, a
2: grip. More to the point. I mean, literally this- get a grip. You Quite literally. Yeah. But, but so many things. First of all, like, he he clearly walks out when she goes off to see her brother fair enough but he doesn't give her another chance it goes back to that because yeah. th- yeah. so that's, yeah. that's one of the most heartbreaking threads because like, the final scene they have is him leaving the office and her bursting into tears yeah. like it's really really yeah. upsetting and that I, I really love that storyline mainly because Laura Linney is amazing but also mm. because that's you know, that's the most personal of all of them to Curtis because she's him in this film um, because his sister was very ill and he, that's where all that comes from. Like, it's, that's very personal to him. And I mm-hmm. think the ring of truth is all the way through that. Like, you totally believe the way she talks to him and that scene where he tries to hit her and she's like, don't do that, my darling. Like, and she just holds his hand. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's lovely. I want to cry now. Is it though?
3: It, <laughs> it is. is.
0: Right, You're a heartless
3: <laughs> cad. There is, yeah, I, I get that. I think the problem is that the film doesn't in any way seem to kind of condemn him for going. Yeah. Like he just goes and it's kind of like almost like that is reasonable or something and it's and a moment before it seemed like there was a real connection mm. and it seemed like it wasn't just a, you know, one night fling and because he's a bit drunk, you know, it's it seemed like it was meant to be a real emotional thing. So if it's a real emotional thing, then he leaves, and that's too much, and that makes him a schmuck. But the film never really treats him like a schmuck. And if and if it isn't a real emotional thing, and it was just a one momentary thing that she missed, then she's a schmuck. So I just feel like it's just a emotionally speaking, a bit of a mess for me that mm. one. And I do think that the
1: the way they depict her brother Michael and the I mean mental illness for me in this film, it it's it's. All tropes, all cliches, He's there's not much refinement or subtlety or nuance with his character. Even just, you know, the, having spent some time in a psychiatric ward, I hate to get that out again, but, you know, having spent some time <laughs> in a psychiatric ward, um, this thing of him phoning her repeatedly and having access to mm-hmm. phones to be able to call her literally all the time, I get that they were trying to paint a picture of the pressure that she was under because it was just the two of them together in England, and that that care fell on her. I thought they made that point. But he did come out of it really well and you said well not really well but you I think mm. you're meant to be empathetic with him that that would be yeah. too much for Carl to handle and why Why would it be just because she mm. answered the phone when they were clearly just about to have sex because so mm. she
0: disrespected him Terry he's a toxic man isn't he she goes oh I'm not doing anything busy and he's like really? I am Rodrigo Santoro and you're <laughs> about to mount me that is important and so I mean, that maybe is. That's fair. That's maybe fair. he feels a bit dis I think absolute justice for Laura Linney's character Whose name obviously I remember, and uh, (laughs) she kind of got it in that Red Nose actually thing. Do you guys know this? So, whenever they did the Red Nose actually sort of kind of semi sequel to it on Comic Relief in 2017, she wasn't in it, but they shot a segment with her in which she ends up married to Patrick Dempsey. So, you know, McDreamy and all that. Hmm. Uh, But that was only aired in the States. So there's a whole swathe of Love Actually UK fans who still think that she, you know, ended up in a sort of black hole of despair.
3: There is, but there is a weird thing in this film about caring women and that mm. being somehow incompatible with being sexually appealing. You know, if you comp- if you put her together with uh, with Emma Thompson, yeah. obviously you g- you yeah. get this really kind of weird, uncomfortable. Thing, whereas you know Liam Neeson is apparently still attractive to Claudia Schiffer lookalikes, <laughs> um, for all his caring. So it's just it's it's really weird. And and the the housekeeper as well, whose name I forget, uh, Aurelia. Mm-hmm. Aurelia. As well, yeah. you know, there's just mm, I don't know. There's a, there's a weird thing going on here. That the women do keep feel going, Helen. very we,
0: objectified. We, we, can, we can break them down. We back. can break down their defenses. If we keep going, okay. keep going. More criticism. <laughs> Good. Come on,
1: let's do it. Let's go. But think about Aurelia's. Um, think about Aurelia's sister, right? So she mm. is much larger than Aurelia, not as conventionally attractive, and there's the whole mm. riff where um, Colin Fur turns up at the house to propose to Aurelia, who's at work, and his her father answers the door. And I know it's done for laughs, and it's it's yeah. you know very yeah. OTT in places to make the comedic point, but. You know the the um, larger, less conventionally attractive sister opens the door and it's like, lol, as if I'm here to propose to you. As if, and there's a whole like, oh yeah, as if he'd be marrying that one. And the whole thing <laughs> yeah. around her being so kind of physically disgusting that of course Colin's first character wouldn't come all the way from England to propose to her. And that there's, you know, and there's a whole, it was much more actually a little bit interesting with Karen, with Emma Thompson's character, because there's a whole mm. bit where she says, oh, I felt like, Pavarotti tonight and there was some more interesting treading around what it's like to be a woman either you get the sense she's kind of t- maybe towards the menopause or starting to think about the menopause the contrast with Mia who's obviously much younger physically um much more kind of conventionally sexually attractive but it was so mm. heavy-handed in places especially the Aurelia sister I just
3: think like just oh, yeah that was gross yeah, yeah that seriously. is gross yeah, she needs her own Mr. Darcy. Is, I, I don't know what Matthew McFadden's up to, but let's send him on over and uh, get him to sort that out. Uh, but yeah, no, the, I mean, the, the Emma Thompson story, I mean, it's it's a heartbreaking story. It's a heartbreaking story. I get that it happens. I do understand, like you understand that woman, you understand where she comes from. She's, she's a character. She's a fully rounded character. She, you know, feels much more fleshed out than I think some of the people in this film. Um, and that's, Pretty much Emma Thompson, and it's it's heartbreaking, but it is also like again quite retro in this idea that you know men will cheat, men will stray, and it's somehow inevitable and natural and not okay maybe, but not not wildly beyond the bonds beyond the bounds of possibility either. I just find it a bit. Oh, hey, Keira
2: Knightley is all kissy kissy. I'm just saying, that it's not just a man.
3: You can't compare the two, right? And being
1: it, no, kissy, you
2: can't kissy. directly compare the two. She didn't buy him a necklace. So, it's absolutely so, true. But <laughs> there's
1: a whole. I saw, and I think it was an interview with Emma Thompson. Because obviously, the question had always mm. been, um, did he actually physically cheat? And you know, she asks the question, right? When she's yeah. found out that it's the Joni Mitchell CD that she's getting, not the gold oh. necklace, and she says, you know, I had to know. Was it just a yeah. necklace? Was it necklace and? and sex? or was it worst of all a necklace and love yeah. and um
0: what are you <laughs> i've never it heard of said i've never heard the way of you pronounced pronounce like
1: necklace <laughs> daniel said that Neck-a-lace. daniel said <laughs> it's a weird way of saying it is that right <laughs> it is. it's deeply uh, deeply weird it's what my nanny
3: used to say
0: I like it. Listen, you know, different strokes for different folks. It's all fine. But uh, so suggesting that, are you suggesting that Alan Rickman ne- necklaced and chilled? Necklaced. Is that what, uh, necklaced. What doing?
1: Very good. You had that in your pocket, didn't you? Come on. I, I never so, did. So to speak. But, and, but she, she, and she asks the question out loud, right? She says, would you cut <clears throat> and run or would you stay knowing mm. that things would always be worse? And I think, actually, forgive me, it wasn't Emma Thompson. It was Emma Freud who did an interview. Mm. It was a tw- somebody asked her on Twitter do you think he actually did cheat? And she said, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and after I read that, I went back and watched it again, uh, obviously. And there's mm. a moment when they pick him up from the airport at the end. Clearly, he's been away and, and they've mm. spent a bit of time apart. And she's wearing much more makeup than she had done in the rest of the mm. film and clearly had gone to a, a load of effort. Um, and he comes back and she looks at him and he says, how are you? And she says, fine, fine. And there's a break in her um, eye contact and in her voice. and that moment where she says will it always be worse and that for me makes it terribly sad the ending because that scene confirms that she has accepted it and is trying to forgive him and she's basically keeping the family together but she's also accepted that yes it will always be that little bit worse and i think that makes the film incredibly Mm. sad
2: Mm, so I. I agree. That scene with Thompson in the bedroom when she has the breakdown after she had the scene where she has to go and excuse herself is just so beautifully acted. Apparently, they did nine mm. takes of that, and she nailed it on every single one. But so that's why did they Amazon do nine awesome. takes? I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> Probably for coverage. I don't know. But there are, it's quite edited. Like there are quite a few <laughs> different angles of it. So presumably that's why. Yeah, We've we, only got one camera. Emma, can you do? Just, yeah, yeah we're to do it <laughs> just like that. <laughs> yeah, we're we gonna angle? do from over here now. <laughs> yeah. it's,
3: it's also. It's a testament, also, that that performance to the power of um costume and so on and making mm. a character because i think she wore some padding as well not a full fat suit i don't think but like definitely padding to make herself look a bit more well a bit less emma thompson to be honest and um and then just these unflattering skirts which in fairness we were all wearing in the early noughties but (laughs) really unflattering skirts Mm. and shapeless tops and just dressing like a much older woman i I think that's why that was the year she came to the empire awards uh the sort of january february afterwards in a show-stopping white dress looking Mm. incredibly glamorous and about 10 feet tall and i feel like there was a a conscious effort to to you know Reassert her own Emma Thompson-ness after this character because she she really does sell the kind of you know slightly frumpy middle aged yeah. woman who's you know just trying to look after everybody else and not herself.
0: So that's interesting. You guys think that he he actually did the deed. He went through with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. Yeah. I, for
2: me it's fairly clear he doesn't. But. I, no, see, I always thought that. I always thought he didn't, but I think Terry's absolutely right. You, you, I think you know from that final scene. I think if all he'd done is bought someone a necklace, I don't mm. think the wounds would have run that deep. I think it's, it's. There's more to it than that. Uh, in fact, when Hugh Grant turns up on his doorstep, I'm fairly certain, just out of shot, there is a naked Alan Rickman. So you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think so and I, and I think it is the worst. I don't think it is love. I think it's a necklace and sex <laughs> 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 but, but I think it is I don't think it's love and I think no, I think what no, the film actually lust. you know really captures is the lust what I liked is mm. they didn't in, they didn't try and claim there was an, an intellectual connection between them clearly him and Karen have a, have a real partnership in terms of mm. intellect and in terms of the life they've lived together they didn't try and build any of that into the relationship with Mia which I actually think is really realistic in that yeah. he was middle aged he'd been with the same woman for a long time their life revolved around domesticity a lot of the time and he wanted that excitement of being with a really 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 fucking hot young woman and i Mm. think that's the brutal
3: truth of a lot of affairs is it's that simple yeah Mm. and being desired and being pursued by her and you know yeah
2: yeah. and also it that she does feature in the most hateful shot in the entire film oh my (laughs) god oh god although although and one thing i did i did realize i think more on this watching watching it more critically is that it's quite a leery film isn't Mm -hmm. it like especially the music video where there's that gusset shot of the drummer and you're like yeah. oh my fucking christ and the massive cleavage shot of one oh, um, kind of it's also yeah, boobier guitarist. than i remembered as well yeah, yeah. Uh, like, there is a certain sort of like thigh rubbing aspect of this so i'm a bit like mm, really this is a little bit off
3: well in the video at least like there's an argument that's just riffing on the kind of original format yeah it's riffing on the robert palmer video yeah i get that to an extent
2: i think did love actually
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the american girls that's just pervy oh
2: yeah. yeah but then that is that is see that doesn't offend me as much because it's deliberately knowingly over the top pervy whereas uh, other aspects i'm thinking how much of this is deliberately over is this just you being pervy like it's kind of like the the, the yeah. legs akimbo kimbo shot i don't think was done ironically there's <laughs> no, no need no, for the I- shot where we see
0: her in her dressed in her, in oh, her bedroom. Good. In her underwear. He cuts know, to that. Just,
2: it's a standalone shot. It, it it's just cuts just...
0: to a shot of her in her smalls. <laughs> yeah, uh, taking off her out, clothes. You know, about Alan Rickman and his quickly down under
1: but it, um, but it actually cuts um. from a shot of Emma Thompson taking off her skirt the skirt Helen was talking about mm. and she's in a mm. nightgown which isn't very flattering and she she's just made the, the Pavarotti comment she folds up her clothes really carefully mm. and it cuts from that straight to Mia and I understand the point they're making but we knew <laughs> that po- we knew that point we yeah. knew she was self-conscious yeah. <laughs> about her Sutherland body and being desired you didn't need to cut to the young woman with abs uh, in <laughs> (laughs) you know underwear like that that was completely unnecessary really and the Mia opening her leg shot women are allowed to desire other people they're allowed to desire men they're allowed to be very articulate about those desires they're allowed to speak of them but I don't know any woman who has tried to iterate her desire for a man by literally opening her legs it's like that doesn't that's not how women behave in my experience
2: it, it's like if it was a man in a film and, and it just uh, the camera pans down to show his storming erection just to show that he's attracted <laughs> yeah. to someone it's like who does that
0: and then he just points out it's a bit like a, it's a bit like um, a game show Terry it's basically you know let's take a look at what you could have won that's, that's what she's saying <laughs> in that moment
3: I mean- Oh no. Oh no. It's wrong what, what, no. with that. Women, Coffee,
1: w- tea. Women vagina. don't I'm sorry, that, that <laughs> yeah, was just... no woman does that. We, we we I
0: literally I've told a story in the Empire podcast of someone who used to work for this very <laughs> magazine. That is who true. Literally and admittedly the woman in question was an exotic dancer, but who literally did point at her vagina as a way of trying to entice him back to her house. Uh but you know you were on stage when I told that story. <laughs> I wasn't paying <laughs> attention, <clearly. laughs> I straddled a chair and pointed up my nethers. No wonder you've it out of your mind. Anyway, mm. so <laughs> oh yes, Let's
3: I do on. remember. Oh yes. <laughs> there you how go. Can I can get that.
0: That's somehow and I don't know how, but um, because we're, we're we're up against it in terms of Christmas deadlines, folks. Uh, we have more stuff to do, more you know, like a magazine to put out and podcasts to record and edit and stuff. So we don't have a lot of time left. So very very quickly. Let's go around the, uh, the, the panel. What's your favourite story and why in, in the film? Terry, let's start with you.
1: Favourite? What do you mean by favourite?
0: Like <laughs> the one that you think works best.
1: So that's I do. That's act-
0: Sophie's choice. I know. You got one good one and seven shit ones, so it's not difficult.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna say that I find the most genuine emotion, weirdly, between Billy Mac and his mm. um, mm-hmm. aging manager Joe. The scene when he um, comes back to his house after leaving Elton's, or deciding to forsake Elton's, and you know, and he says, "The person that I love turned out to be." you and it mm. just the delivery on it their their genuine mm. kind of intimacy i just i that bit actually makes me feel really warm um mm. and fuzzy and the one i mean you know harry and karen that is the one that gets me every time and as we've said that is just because of emma thompson i have to say mm. i really her and alan rickman a dream pairing oh my god and i believed in them and i rooted for them that is the storyline that devastates me every time I watch it and that final scene between them is the thing that still makes me feel desperately sad. And the only other one I would say is there's a, they um, had lost um, a couple of the stories that were originally in there and there was um, talk of one which was a same-sex relationship between two older women um one of whom was the headmistress at the school mm. um in the film mm. and I saw um a bit of outtake on that and read a little bit more about that story. Um the headmistress was um terminally ill and was and was dying of cancer. And that sounded like such an incredible um story. And actually the bits of footage I saw were incredibly moving and incredibly touching. And and as we've kind of touched on um before, Richard Curtis says London isn't always the most diverse or representative London. Mm. And I think it would have really benefited from a relationship like that.
0: Because mm. that stuff with Billy Mack and Joe, that is not a Gay love story. No. it even yeah. ends to them going, "Let's let's watch some porn together." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which gives you a, a, a rather sad image of the two of them jacking it to porn in front yeah. of each other, desperately. You know, not meeting each other's eyes. That's on the I DVD. I think paying
1: tribute to friendship. I think that's you know that the the there is such a we see conventional love stories all the time and i think fr- f- love between friends is a very special um it's a very special mm. thing and i think their genuine friendship and the bond that they share after all these years together um i think it it, it that friendship is
3: really one of the most beautiful things in the film honestly mm. yeah, i love really I, nice. I love that one as well my only thing about that story is I felt like we could have done with maybe one more scene of just the two of them Mm. because we have a lot of Billy Mac talking about, oh, we'll probably be spending Christmas with him again, (laughs) but we don't actually see their friendship very Mm. much. You know, we see Joe like looking at him, rolling his eyes, you know, acting like the long-suffering partner, but we don't actually see that much interaction. And I think like one more scene would have really kick that over the top.
0: Because Gregor Fish is really good in the, in so the bits good. that he gets, but mm. uh, but Joe doesn't have a lot of agency, folks. Does he mm. really? <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Jimbo, what's your favourite? With the exception of the Chris Marshall line, I love all of them. But uh, oh, what is it? I, weirdly, as slight as it is, I really enjoy the John and Judy one. I think there's something just incredibly mm. delightful uh, about Martin Freeman and Joanna Page in this. But I think the Liam Neeson, uh, Thomas Brodie Sangster one gets me most just because it's that relationship, that him as the kind of like, as, as the widower and then the boy who's sort of lost his mother. And it's not just a father-son relationship, it's, it's a father-stepson relationship, which adds another layer to it. Obviously, no father and stepson, I think, have ever had a relationship as good as those two <laughs> do. But still, I think that's that, that does get me every time. It really does. Like the whole him trying to, you know, kiss the American singer is incidental to it. It's all about Liam and Liam mm. and the boy.
1: Yeah, the moment when he calls him dad for the first time. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. That's really cute. Yeah. It's just when he's, you know, he needs to for him. And when they're sitting there and he's saying, you know, if Claudia Schiff were here, we'd have to have sex in every room, including yours, you'd have to get out the house. It's just they have a really nice, easy rapport. It's mm. uh yeah.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say that one to be honest as well. I think it's really good. Again, it's another it's a much, much younger woman with. Well, this online isn't
2: there to Hugh Grant when uh when Emma Thompson yeah. says You're twenty years ago you'd have been yeah. absolutely his type and you were like,
3: ah, Oh boy. Ah.
2: Yeah. That gets wheeled out a lot, like during you know during the the Trump presidency, the footage of that press conference between Billy Bob Thornton and Grant did get wheeled out a lot, as in this is what we'd quite like, and this is not what we're getting.
3: The problem is with that press conference now is it sounds a bit Brexit um, y, yeah. and it, does. it sounds yes it, it does. Sounds, anytime you start talking about British greatness now, you just sound a bit Brexit and a bit yeah. ridiculous, which get is a shame done. because you know one would like to be able to celebrate David Beckham's left foot <laughs> On David Beckham and, and David, 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 is David is Beckham's right foot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it feels a bit like an anti-threat. Well, America, I'll show you. Yeah. And America, yeah. America just feels a slight tugging at the hem of its trousers, and looks down, and there's Britain going, "I'll get you, I'll get you." But you know, hey ho. I, I also have issues with. Uh, I was wondering because he's a brand new prime minister. We're we're told that. I went five mm-hmm. weeks mm. before Christmas, so I'm smelling snap general election, folks. Are you?
2: Yeah, fixed time Parliament up. Act, I guess, was after that. So <laughs> <laughs> mm.
3: exactly. No, and for all that helped.
2: But that's kind of the big ticket storyline, really, isn't it? That was the headline storyline with Hugh Grant one. Only one of many, let's let's be honest, slightly workplace Me Too problematic relationships yeah. with people who work for you. <laughs> like, he, not has great. <laughs> he has no,
0: fired. He has
1: her I know. Well, redistributed, as yes. he calls it. Uh, Can I redistribute oh her? Um, but also, sh- we didn't mention Martine McCutcheon and Natalie's, the representation, mm. the constant kind of obsession <coughs> with her thighs. Like she says how her ex-boyfriend yeah fat, and then when obviously he asks for her to be re- redistributed, and his staffer says, Oh, the one with the giant arse, and he goes, Oh, would we call it giant? and he goes, Boo. And she goes, Oh, there's a pretty sizable arse there. So, this whole thing of Martine McCutcheon, who is a very attractive yeah. young woman, yeah, yeah also being somehow massive there's a weird obsession with uh, mm. with body mm-hmm. shapes and women being bigger than expected um mm. s- or more you know the whole the whole underlying thing with Bolly Bo- bolly Bob with Bolly Bob Thornton with her uh, <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> with Billy Bob Thornton is you know when he goes oh look at the pipes on her there's this weird thing about her being sexually kind of alluring and putting this thing out into the world
0: mm. Mm. Uh. I'm such a fur is what I don't know why I just went through that in there. But anyway, yeah, yeah, she is. I, it's, it's She's not absolutely not at all
2: in any way, shape or form chubby, which no, is I'm, another word that comes up constantly yeah. in the movie. I The one thing I do very much enjoy about that Hugh Grant segment is the fact that and Curtis said the last thing they shot in this film was the dance sequence. Huh. And apparently Hugh Grant was Epically grumpy about the whole thing, didn't want to do it, complained all the time, kept asking to have the change song. So Curtis is that he said it was the most upsetting day of the whole shoot because he was being such an asshole about it. And I think that adds a certain appeal to that scene every time I watch it.
3: He's a Tory Prime Minister, isn't he? Because I can't imagine any Labour Prime Minister calling Mrs. Thatcher a minx.
2: That is that is quite possibly true. Although, although Curtis said he went to, to great pains to make him non-party affiliated. See, I always
0: assumed he was a Labour Prime Minister because it was the era of Tony Blair, and yeah, there's a, he's there's definitely a sense meant to of,
3: look like Tony Blair. Yeah, yeah,
0: there's a sense of optimism because you know it's, it's post 9 11, and then you have that whole big you know voice over the beginning, and so I mm. always get this sense that he was Labour. But you're obviously right; the Margaret Thatcher thing threw mm. me. But then again, maybe mm. she's just well known.
3: For being a um, saucy minx?
1: minx. No, but yes. like
0: just be, 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 that would—that's a joke that would travel around the world. Yeah. you know, you'd look at Margaret Thatcher, who is absolutely yeah. not a saucy minx, uh, and you would go. Ooh.
1: And I read he ad-libbed that. I don't know how true that is, mm, but maybe so. but he does. And there is a comment. You see, there's a comment when he he first comes into Downing Street where he says, "Oh, I basically I don't have the scary life um, wife like the last one." Mm. And I always thought that mm. meant he was kind of after Tony Blair, um,
3: and always
0: yeah, thought that was I the remark that.
3: about Cherie. Yeah, I thought so too. Scary wife and, and nappies And
1: nappies as well. and kids,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. That's a good point. I, did, I was thinking snap general election, but he might have been just, he might have just taken over leadership of the party.
1: Uh-huh. He's Gordon Brown. He's someone,
0: ah. Oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: Gordon Brown,
0: a texture like sun. Um, cool. Yes. Well done Hugh Grant. Uh, which of the stories would you lose? Col- um, oh, Chris Colin.
2: Marshall, without a shadow of oh, yeah, it. Yeah. Oh my
3: yeah.
2: god, that's that. That is hateful. That is genuinely hateful. <laughs> it's just, it's just because it doesn't work at all. Like, and it springs forward because that scene of him going up to the cook at, uh, or I should say, the chef at the wedding. That mm. was that's an outtake from, from well, not an outtake, but it was a it was cut from the script <laughs> it's of Four Weddings. Yeah, used in the movie, <laughs> yeah. James. That's, yeah, that's exactly the scene. Not <laughs> Wasn't shot for Four Weddings, but he wrote that scene for Four Weddings, then used it here. But I, it feels like it doesn't fit tonally with anything else, and I just. Mm-hmm. I, I hate it it's an undeleted scene
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i agree i mean that entire yeah. thing is and tony who's also um on set with john and judy and that's meant to be a bit of connective tissue but none of it really hangs together yeah. and the whole thing i think is just meant to be that he's got a giant cock from what i can tell chris marshall's character
0: yeah well oh that he hmm. actually has a giant cock which is why he's quite confident about it but you'd think he'd be confident about it over here as well wouldn't I think you? he's just delusional isn't he <laughs>
3: Yeah, Yeah, I think it's mostly delusion. I don't even think, I don't think he's paying out
2: on his But he
0: comes back with like
2: hotties, like proper hotties. Special guest star, Denise Richards. Yeah, it's how English see their chances abroad in America. Like that seems to be. The the gag for some reason yeah, um, the the gag in that that really didn't work for me
0: is when he gets into the uh, the bar with January Jones and Alicia Cuthbert and Ivana Malesicich from Banshee <laughs> from fucking Banshee obviously uh, we all recognised her and he, he's they're getting him to say words in his English accent and they go what do you say, what do you call that and he goes bottle what do you call that <laughs> straw what do you call that table and they go tape oh mm-hmm. they're all the same and it's like bottle and straw are the same <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think that's the joke bottle <laughs> is
3: a little bit different bottle is it yeah a little bit like the way Amer- americans don't understand when we say water or we don't okay. understand them i forget
1: <laughs> we say water, <laughs> water they like, say water water. Water? Water. You like some water
0: we
2: say necklace they say Necklace. would
0: you like a necklace, sir so we'd all cut the same story from the film. Uh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, and which one would have made it on its own? As a if, if Richard Curtis had taken one of these and fleshed it out into a movie, which one would
2: you have liked to have seen? I feel like the uh, the Colin Firth one is a Nicholas Sparks film in the making. Oh, God, you know oh God, if you you flesh lose that. Out, that <laughs> you could also lose that very easily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you probably, see, I like it, and I love the proposal scene. There's something about that that I just think is delightful. He doesn't
1: know her. What is wrong with you?
2: I him? know. I know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but uh, I just just love it. And I like the fact that Colin Firth looks As awkward as Jamie While doing that scene
3: But also The other thing about That scene and his character He's literally broken up With his wife For sleeping with his brother Within the past Five weeks The timeline of this film Makes no sense Whatsoever I mean Five weeks ago Liam Neeson buried his wife Spent four weeks Faffing about And then the kid Starts to take up drums And somehow has time To get good enough To play in the school Talent show In about a week And a half At that point
2: It's a Christmas miracle Helen
3: It's not uh, the FBI, yeah.
0: James. When does Rickman get the time to, you know, <laughs> sleep with the secretary? When oh, does he get he
3: the time to do that? Oh, he makes the time.
0: <laughs> Your, can, you prop, can you prop a 4pm calendar? <laughs>
3: that's,
1: what, that's what he
0: says. I <laughs> fancy a bit of a routine. uh so, Your Hugh
3: Grand impression is getting so much better. It's getting
0: better and better. I'm going to count to three. There will to, not, not be, be not a 4pm meeting because I'm going to be shaking my secretary anyway so we're all agreed that that's 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 the one that would be expanded <laughs> if, if you could I, mean, not the, I forgot what we said the Colin Firth one that's terrible no, not didn't. the Colin Firth one no okay well but the um because the the, the, the the Lincoln the Andrew Lincoln Jubitel Leggio for Kira Knightley one is a great psychological thriller along the lines of Pacific Heights
2: or you know there's the that band. trailer isn't there Isn't there, isn't there someone cut it to like music from a horror trailer (laughs) to make it sit and it works really well. It's really properly sinister.
1: It's a tale of modern misogyny. Let's not, you know, uh, tagline, by the way. As, as a tale of a man who, if we remember, he's hateful to her. So he loves mm. her so much mm. that he's going to ignore her, be rude to her. Um, you know, to the point where Peter says to him, will you please be nice to her on the phone? He's like, I'm always nice to her. Do you know what you mean? <laughs> yeah, with, a, with, a st-
0: with a stupid face. I just want to shut at
1: me in a dress that is not bright boy, and you know so he's horrible to her for months and months and months and presumably their entire relationship
0: really upsets
1: her but it's okay guys it's because he really loved her
3: i mean it's like are we still in primary one mm -hmm. you know
0: i mean the video
2: he's pulling her hair just mm -hmm. to show his affection the video is so creepy creepy. it really is so creepy it feels like he's edited that together Mm-hmm. what was he doing with it like was it like one for the wank bank like what's this doing for him <gasps> oh, why has no, he made this video on. like what is the purpose of it that as chris points out he has clearly edited together
3: <laughs> No, it, it yeah. might be one of the look i'm trying to be fair here like maybe it's one of those things where you just when you press record it just goes on to the next bit of the video and that's <laughs> the raw tape there and he just pressed record really expertly at exactly the right moments
2: So he's a talented it's a talented uh, cinematographer he's a talented, is what you're creepy
3: stalker yeah it's fine <laughs> well, why did he also label it correctly right so she barges into his flat
1: and he goes oh I don't know I think I taped over it and then she goes what about the one that says Juliet and Peter's wedding do you think I'm close don't, <laughs> don't label your creepy stalker tape
3: with the thing that like might make somebody want to watch it <laughs> if he just called it Juliet he could have gotten away with it
0: yeah is there any of the uh, we haven't really given uh, a lot of attention to the one that someone said was one of their favorites which is the Martin Freeman and Joanna Page mm. I
2: like it I think it's great yeah, it's, I think very the stuff, it's so. It is exactly that. It's it's just very sweet and cute, and also deliberately absurd. And it's just mm. it's just great. It's just, the, but he has a natural, like Martin Freeman does awkward extremely well. And that's a bit which like, could you just massage the breasts a little bit? And he's just, just, it's, yeah, it's, it makes me laugh.
3: Also, that thread is very good on like consent and informed mm. consent and mm. sort of like, I feel like intimacy coordinators watching the film would actually be pretty okay with that. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. that, that, this isn't coming from the director. He's doing it himself or she's doing it, but they are being very inconsiderate of each other's, you know, needs and comforts.
2: And he apologises when he accidentally like knocks her and stuff like It's very exactly. you know, yeah. It is mm. sweet.
0: I had a thought while I was watching it though, who were their stand ins on set? And we're laying the nut. <laughs> Whoa.
3: Whoa. Skinception. Whoa.
2: <laughs> layer on that upon note. layer. <laughs> no. It's a shag within a shag within a shag within a shag. <laughs> it
0: really is. Uh, there's loads of stuff we could we could talk about this this film. I say film. I'm meant to do any further comments thing. Uh, we could talk about this movie and Terry's... Just wild and vaguely justified love of it for, for, for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Uh, but sadly, we do have to wrap it up and record another Christmas related spoiler special uh, after this. But maybe if you guys want it, we'll come back and talk about this film in depth. We can talk about, you know, Rodrigo Santoro's pecs and all sorts of stuff right there. We haven't even mentioned Rowan Atkinson, for goodness sake. Mm, He's very Rufus. funny. He's very very.
3: He is an angel. He's yes. like he's like Michael Shannon in Ooh, The Night Before. That's a good mm. thing. He tries to
2: stop Alan Rickman from from you know, yeah. straying.
3: Yeah, tries to help little boy, boy get to with little his girl. with his lost ticket. Yeah.
0: He's a Christmas seen angel that before that. Yeah, some wasn't someone saying that. Like that's Helen. an actual theory that's out there.
3: Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But it's definitely he's an angel. No, there was. There was.
0: Richie Curtis says this in his interview with Paul Fig in a, in, oh. in Empire. I'll he says that you know there was a kind of thread in this uh, in the movie that they had to drop a kind of supernaturally type thread, a little bit more Christmassy. Uh, that uh, and one of the ideas that Rufus was a little bit like Clarence that he was brought down on Earth to kind well, of stop like. stop Brickman doing you know doing what he um, what he does ultimately, which is you know. To put right what once went wrong. To put right what once went wrong. Uh, You know, Rickman is terrible when it comes to Christmas, isn't it? He's either calling it off or being murdered on it or banging (laughs) his secretary on it. I mean, he's (laughs) not having a great time. Um, But... They had to lose that thread for some reason, and maybe Rufus was going to appear in another one of the stories as well, and so it would make mm-hmm. it more clear there was a sort of some sort of supernatural connection. Then they decided to make it more real worldy and uh, and get rid of it in the end. So yes, I think you're absolutely onto something there. Uh, you think we would have come prepared for this information, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but evidently not. Uh, but listen, it's a film I'm I'm not a hugely enamored uh, of. My wife loves it, which is a huge problem when it comes to Christmas. She's always watching it and you know uh, and there are always carol singers at our door actually. <laughs> she, she leaves me to watch it and goes to answer the carol singers and she's gone sometimes 20, 30 hours before she comes back. I don't really know what happens there but uh, I've got a. To- CD-shaped box into the Christmas tree. I'm very excited to see what's in it when I <laughs> open it on Christmas Day. Uh, it's a
3: note from Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> it's so a long, oh. Andrew Lincoln
0: outside my flat going, to me, you are imperfect. <laughs> anyway, enough rambling from me and enough rambling from us. We might be able to do this again uh, in depth at another time. But until then, until we meet again, until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye from Consider the Lobster, aka Helen O'Hara. Toodaloo. It is goodbye from Ant or Deck, also
2: one of my favourite jokes in the movie, <laughs> yeah. from James Dyer. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I'm off to buy uh, an inappropriate necklace for Empire's Ben Travis. <laughs> <laughs> it is goodbye from I Look Quite Pretty, Terry White. <laughs> I
0: think I look quite pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't you just want another 48 hours of this, which is Terry talking you could do it, Terry, couldn't you could, you could, you could just do the whole film.
1: Easily. And I've got so many more impressions I didn't get to roll out, but I'll save him. Oh my God.
2: And you're not like that because Mark Kermode has often talks about how he is obsessed with this film and this is his favourite Christmas movie. I think he says he knows it off by heart as well. Wow. wow. I mean, what is going
0: on there? How has this happened? <laughs> uh Anyway, it's also goodbye for me. I'm off the stand outside Andrew Lincoln's house with a whole bunch of cards and see if I can't just turn this whole thing around. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I'm off to record a spoiler special about my favourite Christmas movie that isn't Die Hard. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Merry Christmas, everybody!